You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on X at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on X at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code OWLSFLIGHTDICK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So head over to SportBuffShop.com. Use the promo code, put lots of merch into your shopping basket, save some money, and always support local. And the Alouette's Flight Tech is all over the World Wide Web and social media. Uh, make sure you check out our archive over at www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca. Make sure you follow the show on tw- Twitter slash X over at Alouette's FL Deck. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. We're on Instagram over at Alouette's Flight Deck, as well as threads at Alouette's Flight Deck. Make sure you check out our YouTube page where you can find all of our live streams and so much more at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And last but certainly not least, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to www.flightdeckgear.ca and make sure you buy all of our merch as well. That's true. Hey, we must just go throw it in here now, too, eh? We're now on Blue Sky. <laughs> this is true. We, we certainly are on Blue Sky. I I, I, I don't know how to do the, uh, the app. Just search, I, just search for Alouette's Flight Deck. You can't yeah, miss it. I, I think it's alouettesfldeck.bsky.social or something Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. It's the same thing with Cliff. Cliff and I, we're also there, too. So it's you, you yeah, can follow us there, too. So as, yeah, a, so as a just-in-case type of thing, so... Just in case uh, the bird app uh, decides to go belly up, I mean, yeah, or, it's, it, yeah. they, they've been threatening now for over a year that it, it, it's about to expire or explode or something. But you know, like the Energizer Bunny just keeps on going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So I still have an unopened pack uh, of the uh, uh, of the rain poncho that the Alouettes gave out for the season ticket holders day that I didn't use on Thanksgiving Monday. So should I put it on eBay? Do you think it's worth anything, or is it just as good uh, worth as much as it, the package that it's in, which is close to zero? <laughs> you know, if you got someone to sign it, like maybe you got Cody uh, Fajardo yeah. or uh, yeah, William yeah. Stanback to sign it, maybe you can get like a buck for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was uh, a very, it was an interesting weekend. It was a great Thanksgiving Day weekend uh, for Alouettes fans. Uh, across the board because you know first year that they have really put um their season ticket holder day in the same weekend as uh, the thanksgiving day classic it, it was you know the rain did not detour anybody and obviously it helped too you know with the alouettes uh winning their game on thanksgiving monday but it's it was just a great overall weekend wasn't it aside from the inclement weather you're absolutely right it was an absolute blast yeah starting with uh, saturday being able to go to the season ticket holder event and 
they said it was going to happen rain or shine and boy did it rain <laughs> but people I, showed up though man that's the thing people they, uh, people showed up for that thing even though it was just coming down in droves i, I mean raining cats and dogs and yeah people still stood out there uh they you know you got your umbrellas you got your poncho you, know, you got your rain gear if you were smart but and yeah Players are going to practice in the rain as long as there's no lightning, folks. It's, it's just like a like a game. Just you know, no matter how heavy it rains, they'll still practice, and you're you're still welcome to sit out there and and enjoy it. And wow, it was <laughs> a real exercise in patience, I've got to say, because I mean, yeah, it's it's fun going to practice. It's it's fun to see what this team can do and what you know how seeing how they they do their thing. But when the rain just keeps coming and coming and doesn't stop, it kind of puts a damper on things a little bit but I, for the most part i would say that the, the people in attendance were in good spirits and listen the alouettes were good about handing out ponchos and making sure you were taken care of i mean what what more could you want oh i know giving giving them to us for free and as you could tell i think a few people did bring him to the game on monday um you know, we can talk talk real quickly about the season ticket holder today since it was part of the, uh, I guess we could say, of the weekend festivities for the Alouettes. Um, mm -hmm. Considering the rain itself, uh, it wasn't as what it would be normally for myself or for you going there to a, a practice on any other day because it, they had us go in a different direction. Um, people were waiting in the rain. I know there were some people complaining about the, having to stand in the rain because they actually did uh scan the, the the tickets this year and give you wristbands but that kind of made sense because uh, of them giving away you know uh, the 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 hot dogs later on and going into the the i guess the, the meat the meet and greet i guess we can call it yeah within the big o rotunda um yeah but i think considering the weather um i i was i was quite happy with it i really was i mean it's uh got to we actually got to meet meet some listeners which we had never met before i didn't get your name but it was great meeting you um and um again it's i think it, it did very very well i talked to a lot of people there too so they seem to be very happy and we were able to talk with mark waitman obviously to uh to get you know get a little bit insider information and stuff like that on, on what's what's to come and hopefully and stuff like that but obviously we'll go into that a little bit later on this year when we have them on the pod um but overall, I think it was fine. I mean, it's uh, it was a different change from it being at the at the uh, at Percival Molson mm -hmm. uh, than it was last year. So overall, I think I think it was cool. You know, I said if you're a diehard, you went out there no matter what, no matter the weather. And yeah. we were four, five, thick, deep on the sidelines, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they even brought in stands. I was like, what? They went all out for this thing, and they did a really good job. Yeah, I, I think they, they. I don't think they were anticipating the rain to be so heavy, or even to have rain at all. Because let's not forget, last week was absolutely beautiful mm. weather-wise in Montreal, and we were really hoping it was going to continue on into the weekend. Like we saw the threat of rain, but like, oh, hopefully it just passes over, or it won't be so bad. But turns out it was that bad. But yeah, yeah. again, cre credit to Alouettes Nation, the the ones that stood by and uh, you know stuck through it uh, to the bitter end and. Got got a chance to go inside afterwards to uh, to dry off first and foremost, but also to the Alouettes did provide uh, uh, hot dogs and beverages uh, for for their fans. Uh, 
which was nice. You know, it's, it's a nice touch. I, I, the only thing is, if I had one complaint though, is it felt like they could have set up a couple of different stations to be able to get everybody moving. Because again, when you, when you talk about free food, everybody's going to line up for that. And yeah, that's the thing. Like, and even though the uh, the email announcing this event talked about unlimited hot dogs and beverages, I mean, you're only given two at a time, and Again, with a long ass lineup like that, like I mean, it would have been nice, to, like it, especially if it's free anyway. So just give four, give five. I mean, okay, maybe not twenty hot dogs. That would be <laughs> kind of piggish, but at the same oh, time, like, shades of the like, hot dog dollar days at the Big O. Oh <laughs> Jesus Murphy, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I didn't. I don't miss those. My God, but no, that's the only day where you know you're not going to be able to get into the restroom real quickly. You know, so it's uh you know beer and hot dogs but um no and and again you're you're getting free food you know my first inclination is like shut the hell up be thankful you're getting something for free but at the same time like if you're gonna offer something like that you know everybody's gonna take advantage of it like just space it out a little bit better like have like four or five kiosks or tents or whatever the whatever you want to call it out and just you gotta have stuff on the go like i mean just be ready with it you know grab your stuff especially if you're only going to do two at a time Grab your stuff, grab your drink, off you go. And then it, back in line if you really, really wanted to. But otherwise, like, I'm, I'm not waiting 45 minutes for two bloody hot dogs and a drink and then have to go back in line afterwards because I'm still hungry. Nah, nah. Again, still thankful the Yellowettes thought enough to do this, but could have been organized just a smidge better in that regards. Makes me wonder what it would have been if it had not been raining and how they would have set up the, uh, the kiosk for hot dogs. I, I don't know. Who, who knows? Who knows? But uh, again, it, it went well. They had their uh, their Q and A session. Um, obviously, we if you if you hadn't been to the rotunda before, you know, you just being there, just trying to get into the stadium. You now know how bad the acoustics are <laughs> in the rotunda. They're absolutely <laughs> horrible, horrible. So, um, and, I thought, and I thought we had audio problems when we first started doing our live streams. It, this pales in comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was it was quite, yeah, it really was quite. But considering the situation, you know, cool. By the way, one reminder I had, and it was something that's very well, obviously we'll ask Mark in a couple of weeks. Um, but one thing that was reminded me, which I completely forgot about, dude, is that you know they mentioned that next year, twenty twenty four, will be the fiftieth anniversary of the seventy four Grey Cup team. Mm. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I said, we'll ask, but I'm hoping that they'll be, uh, I'm sure, come on, come on, considering what they did this year for the, for the guys who are being uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, I'm sure they're going to do something for the 50th uh, anniversary of the Grey Cup team. So that, that's oh, kind of, I, I have no doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they're sorry, they did for the 20th too last year. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, it should be fun, but, um, but still either, either way, I'll, I'll, I'll give a thumbs up. Uh, curious to see if they will change locations obviously we've noticed that they haven't had practice as much as they had in the past at uh, Percival Molson but if you think about it it's kind of good that they didn't this year because of the rain so um because yeah, we would just be even been even more soaked so you know again thumbs up for making the switch and then making it a lot easier obviously on the players to because the players came out a little bit later and supposedly Tyson Philpot, uh even after the whole thing was over was there uh, in his civvies, uh, forty-five minutes later, at just just doing autographs and stuff like that. So that's 
that, that's a that's a that's a good sign of of showing yourself showing out uh, in the community itself. So he's a man of the people, and we and we love him for it. It's just a good dude. We've we've talked about it. Like as good as he is on the field, he's clearly showing that he's even better off the field as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely uh, top marks to Tyson for making sure no fan was left without an autograph or a selfie or anything like that. So that's, that's the kind of PR you want. That's the kind of goodwill you expect a football team's players to be able to do for their fans. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of rain and, um, and uh, meeting up with people, Cliff, we had our very first, uh, I'll say first annual uh, fan meetup uh, for the Alouette's flight deck podcast on Thanksgiving Monday at the tailgate, uh, let the people know what what they missed if they didn't show up. You missed deep fried turkey, which was excellent. <laughs> and you also missed the opportunity to meet Tim and I, which is also excellent. <laughs> but we actually got a very nice turnout. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised at how well it was. A lot of fans showed up uh, wearing their flight deck uh, t-shirts, whether it was the Cartoon Bird 56 or even just a regular flight deck t-shirt. Didn't matter. You were definitely welcome. Uh, the tailgate atmosphere, of course, is top tier as always. Uh, they got Key Vive, always puts on a fantastic tailgate every single home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that they had their, their deep fried turkey with all the fixings just bumped things up to another level. Uh, again, even with the inclement weather, still great spirits. Everybody was in a good mood. Everybody was looking forward to a, a really fun game, and it just made for an absolutely awesome fan meetup as well. Again, I, I'm so thankful to the people that did show up. I mean, we, we, we would have loved to have seen it into the hundreds, but maybe that might have been a, a bit of a too lofty a goal, but Thankfully, we got more than one. So that was always, at least if we get one person showing mm-hmm. up, that'd be great. To me, that would be a win. But we got considerably more than that. And again, we are so incredibly thankful for you, great listeners that showed up and came to be a part of this event. As Tim said, this will not be the last one. Uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say first annual, but because I, I would like to see us try to do more of these if we can. But uh, I mean, it all depends on you, the listener. So, I mean, I say if, if we put on other events, if you're interested in us doing more meet and greets in other situations or whatnot, let us know in the comments on YouTube. Uh, let us know on social media. Hit us up. Say, hey, listen, we, we love the fan meetup. We love the idea. We'd like to see you do more. And we'll make it happen. I, I, I can tell you right now, just based off of what we did this past Thanksgiving, I could see us doing this again. Uh Maybe this does become also to a Thanksgiving Day tradition as well. We'll see. But uh, overall, I was very pleased and very happy that we got the turnout that we did this past Monday. Yeah. I, yeah. And yes, I'll say the first annual Thanksgiving fan meetup. Here we go. Does that, does that satisfy your? <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with that for now. But. Okay. <laughs> Subject to change if necessary. You better check the fine print. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it, again, yeah, I agree. Uh, check out our socials. We did have a have a group photo shot that was there, and I know you you mentioned because uh, we were on the Turf District podcast yesterday. It's been a very busy week for us here. Uh, you can go back and watch us uh, there. So it, it, we were on there. And it's not over game. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> But go there. We talked about it too, and and again, check our outer socials for uh, for the pictures. And I know you mentioned Cliff. There were some guys who reached out to you on social uh, who that weren't able to make it. So, um, but again, 
Uh, we appreciate everybody who came for meeting you guys, meeting a lot of you for the very first time. Um, you know, it, I, again, it, it was it was fun. You know, I would again, as I I had said to you before, I would have been happy if it, it didn't, but Binjin have been just one person, but it was more than that, so I was happy with that. So from there, us being bundled up as we were, we weren't as bundled up as we had to be before we got into the stadium. Uh, we had we had a game to go to, didn't we? After that, uh, we had a, our, our Thanksgiving classic, Thanksgiving Day classic between us and the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks to uh, occurring over at Percival Molson, where the Alouettes were coming into this game, uh, trying to stay ahead of the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, in the spot for the uh, uh, home uh, for the home playoff for the uh, Eastern semifinal, and. As we've seen over the past couple of weeks, Cliff, that this, this defense for the Alouettes has just stepped up and done everything that they could to keep these teams off the board. And man, oh man, they they just basically put on a clinic just like they did the week before in Ottawa. The Alouettes knocked off the uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks by a final score of 29-3. to Yes, you heard that right, 29-3. to And for the second week in a row, Cliff, the Alouettes shut down the Red Blacks, holding them scoreless for three quarters for the second game in a row, which, by the way, was uh, the Alouettes last did that, holding a team scoreless at halftime but uh, in two, two straight games was in 1976. But this, this team just absolutely did everything that they could, and they almost, almost held them, uh, you know, got, a, got their first shutout since uh, 2009. Yeah, it was damn close. It was damn close to getting this defense nearly pitched the shutout. And credit to Noel Thorpe, defensive coordinator, getting his guys ready for this game. I mean, yes, Ottawa had a, a very minute chance to still make that Western crossover, but they would have had to win out, essentially. They would have had to win their last three games, including this past Monday against Montreal. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately... Again, you run into the, the buzzsaw that is this Alouette's defense, and no one's going to survive. And sure enough, Ottawa simply had no answer for this defense at all. And yeah, now, unfortunately, they are essentially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, and yeah, for the first time since 2014, the Montreal Alouettes have swept a season series against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yeah, that's, that's, inc- that's incredible. Yeah, was that a four-game series also? Nope, two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. All right, because I, I'm, I didn't. One thing I didn't check is the last time that the Owls swept a four-game series. They did a couple of. They almost did it a couple of times, but yeah, no. Uh, so uh, no, in 2014, that was uh, Ottawa's inaugural year, or at least return, however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they went two and sixteen, and yeah, the, they played Montreal twice, and both times they lost. So that is considered a sweep at least back then True. it was considered a sweep since then ottawa has always managed to find a way to win at least one game if not sweep the series themselves mm-hmm. uh even if it's just a two game or three game series uh so past couple of years so because because of covid and the way that the schedule has been working out uh the alouettes and red blacks have played each other four times over the past two years and yeah montreal has i think won three of four both times so, yeah. I mean, the, the potential to lose was still there. I mean, you, you didn't, despite the fact Montreal for the most, and again, Montreal, yes, quite hand, handily beat the Red Blacks in Ottawa the week before. You still don't want to take that for granted. 
And I think this coaching staff wanted to make sure, like, no, we have to put our th- our foot on their throat, and you got to sweep them. That's all there is to it. Yeah, they they might be slightly more motivated because they still have a, a very small chance of making the playoffs. But we, as you said, they, they got to stay ahead of Hamilton. The Alouettes do so. You do that by winning, especially since Hamilton won against Saskatchewan last weekend. So they're staying on on pace. So it's it's making this upcoming weekend's games very, very important for both Hamilton and Montreal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, holding a team under 10 points for the first time uh, since August of 2017. Um the, the, the team has just been clicking, and I mean, everybody has heard to you. Know, yes, the Alouettes are 0-7 currently versus the top three teams in the CFL, but yet they're also 9-0 and versus the rest of the league. Um, so it, it's, it, it, you know, Owls have had a streaky year this year. You know, it's been you know multiple winning and losing streaks, multiple game winning and losing streaks, but man, they just seem to be going on all cylinders, and obviously, uh, we'll talk about the the upcoming matchup this week in Edmonton. Um, but because there are a lot of could be a lot of implications by that time that we kick off uh, on Saturday. But um, what can we say about this team, though, dude? I mean, the, the game itself. Um, I think everybody that that played this week just did a phenomenal job, considering you know uh, the just the the things that the team, this team has had to overcome when it's come to player injuries and stuff like that. Um, you know, we had a new kicker this week. Uh, you know, William Stanbeck was out with an, with with an illness. It just again, everybody seems to be stepping up, whether it be on the offense or the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, although I, I will say the offense did take a little bit of time to get warmed up because yeah, uh, yeah. the first couple of series were. Really, not much to write home about. I mean, Cody Fajardo was it seemed like he was really having a hard time moving the ball downfield. Uh, he was hitting his receivers, but for a lot of short gains, or he once again decided he's going to go for a run on on his own and try to move the ball that way. But yeah, the the, the first quarter, I mean, there's one point scored as, as a result of a missed field goal by uh, Jose Maltos. But once once Cody and company got their act together, once they finally started clicking. Yeah, that's when we got to see some really exciting stuff. And yeah, all of a sudden, Cody turned it on. He became that gunslinger. He was taking a a lot of risks, but more often than not, they were paying off. Uh, Aside from that one interception he threw, which he had absolutely no business even attempting on that that very soft throw, essentially into triple coverage. Went back and looked at that, by the way, Cliff. Because I know I remember, I remember, saying, remember saying the same thing. Uh, it, it, he 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 wasn't able to, to follow through. So I'm I'll, I'll give Cody back this one. You know, usually most of the time throwing in the triple coverage, yeah, don't do that. Um, but in in this case, just wanted just wanted to make a quick caveat that um, yeah, he was he was hit as he threw. So it, it kind of it, it was kind of like the the one a couple of weeks ago. It was the same thing where he got hit uh, and and it was intercepted. So. At least it didn't cost the game for Montreal this time yeah. around. So, yeah, fair. I, I, you know, and that's that's the thing. You, as I say, no risk it, no biscuit, and that that's what it is with Cody. Is he's going to take those chances when it pays off? He, he he looks phenomenal. When it doesn't work, you just sit and cringe and like, okay, we'll get him the next time. I mean, what what else can you do at that point? <laughs> 
Yep, yep, that's right, man. Uh, before we get obviously into the superlatives for for uh, for the players this week, uh, we had a player finally reach that infamous milestone, didn't he, dude? We sure did, and you know, I, I want to say that podcast karma is continuing on into the next week because Sean Lemon finally in the third quarter of this game notched his 100th quarterback sack in the Canadian Football League. Uh, unfortunately, Dustin Crum will go down in history as the, the quarterback who gave up that sack. And again, congratulations to Sean. Well-deserved. I mean, he's he's done so much in this league and has just been a breath of fresh air for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, just been a, a real presence of everything that he's done on this team, uh, how he's been able to take the young guys on the defensive line under his wing and really show them the way. And again, Lawal Ugalak oh. has played like his hair is on fire. And that a lot of that is because he's lining up with lemon and it's like the student and the teacher. It's beautiful to see like he is performing at such a high level. And I, and he, we spoke with him after the game and he even gave a lot of credit to, to Sean lemon about how, he's helped him become more of a professional and, you know, shown him the, the little things that you got to do in order to become a next level player. And my God, the ceiling is so high on Ugalak. Uh, and a lot of that truly is as a result of Sean Lemon kind of being an extra coach for him on that defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's funny. Uh, Sean Lemon gets his sack uh, almost, uh, it's almost 12 years to the day that AC set the, set the record for uh for pass for a pro uh for most passing yards in a career uh when he did that back in uh, 2011 so uh good things happen on thanksgiving in montreal man they can't they can and did uh, ben cahoon not set a uh a record as well on uh, thanksgiving i th- i think he did I, I, I there were so many records set that year by the way by ac i, I have to go back and check but I, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. So yeah, there, there's just something about the Thanksgiving Day game that just brings out the best in this team more often than not. And my my God, yeah, it's it just makes for a great atmosphere all around. And we got quite the turnout at Personal Molson Stadium this oh, past Monday as well. Man, did we ever? I mean, even with the rain, and we were talking with uh, we were talking with Alouette's uh, president Mark Waitman. Um, not only at the season ticket holder day, but also at the tailgate because he came by uh, to see us before the game kicked off. And yeah, man, he was saying what it the crowd could have been if it wasn't raining. Basically, you know, continuous rain throughout the entire the entire game because it may have scared a lot off a lot of people. But still, twenty thousand six forty four. I. Second largest crowd of the year so far, you know, to the to the home opener, uh, when OLP played, yep. dude, that that's absolutely amazing, and, and it's and and to hear, by the way, and he said that we could say this specifically to hear that those numbers, you know, that number that was given out, those are bang on numbers. Those don't don't those don't include hardly any, if any. Uh, uh, freebies or any comps because I know the Alouettes are, are trying to tighten it up a little bit when it comes to actually reporting uh, the the correct numbers of, of people within stadium. So I, yeah. again, just over again, 20,600 20, plus man. It, it and they stayed, 
They stayed. That's the thing. The, the amount of people that was on the field post-game was crazy. I mean, yes, it was Mini Owls Day. I understand that. I know there are a lot of football teams uh, in attendance also. Uh, again, Thanksgiving Day Classic in Montreal. It's our Labor Day Classic. It, it is our tradition, and I'm glad the people showed up. And Again, usually, if this had been early in the season, raining like that, people wouldn't have shown up as much as they did. You know, maybe we've gotten fifteen. Maybe I, I, I'm I'm very proud that this that we had just you know just over twenty thousand. So, and man, I, I think can that, you imagine what the crowd could be like if if if, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what helped too is that the yellow, people now know that the Elwes are going to be in the playoffs for sure. It's still up in the air whether we're going to have a home playoff game or not. But I think mm-hmm. between that, between it being Thanksgiving, a long weekend. You probably had the day off from work or from school, so why not come out to the the stadium and, and watch a good football game? And sure enough, the fans were treated to a, a really good football game. If you're an Isles fan, but there, uh, we've talked about this for years, folks. That you know, the the Thanksgiving Day game is tradition. It is a very much a part of being in Alouette's nation. I mean that that is mm-hmm. our game, and that is the, the game that we look forward to, Tim and I, every single year because of everything that's surrounded by it. Like I said, the tailgate, the, you know, the, the uh, everything about that is, the, the, again, I, I can go on and on. I, I don't want to bore everybody, but it, I mean, no, the tailgate, all, the, the home game, the ambiance, the, uh, the, 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 um, you know, the, again, like you said, it, the, it's just, there's just so much, again, it, it's, it's our tradition. It's a part of the lexicon of Montreal uh, pro football. And typically the weather is nice. I'll say like, I know eight, I saw a eight, picture, by the way, the picture from last year, it was nice and sunny. Eight times, <laughs> eight times out of 10 folks, the weather <laughs> is perfect. Like bright, sunny, might be a little cool. You might need a light jacket, but there've been times too. Like I've been there in t-shirt and shorts mm. in October. So yeah. I mean, it, it's not, uh, it's not without the, out of the realm of possibility that it could have been a nice day. It's just, Unfortunately, this year, the the clouds opened up and and just rained down on us. But you know what? It really didn't stop people. It and, and people it, are asking. Stu- I'm sure people are asking. They say, "But Cliff and Tim, don't you usually sit underneath where you don't get wet?" People need to remember that this is one the one game of the year because of 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 the pluses of having an Alouette's season ticket membership that allow us to upgrade our seats. So we probably had the best seats that we've ever sat at at Percival Molson bar none in the history that we've been that we that we were basically right on the 55 yard line for that game seven rows up yeah just absolutely perfect view of everything all over the field like you see you saw it all and you heard the chatter you heard i mean the chatter was that was a story in itself (laughs) oh yeah there was there was a lot of beaking between both teams i mean that which again you want to build up that rivalry you want to you know do the whole 417 battle whatever you want to call this that's what it is. I mean, like two division rivals at the top of their game, ideally, that's how it should be. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of jaw jacking, a little bit of smack talk. And listen, we're here for it. We, we love it. I mean, mm-hmm. except for when uh, Louis Philip Bourassa got a uh, objectionable conduct penalty because he was barking a little too much at his uh, former team. But at that point, the Alouettes were ahead, I think, 26 nothing at that point. So, like, I don't think you're going to you're going to cause any problems at that point. No, no. Um, 
Obviously, there are a lot of huge pluses to, uh, you know, probably one of the leading guys uh, for a potential um, uh, uh, rookie um, rookie of the year, uh, Reggie Stubblefield had just an amazing game himself. You know, the defense himself, I think, had uh, six sacks, and I'm double checking that now as we speak. Um, the you know that's one hell of a story. And you know, obviously, we want to be if we can, we'll, we'll get Reggie on in a couple of weeks just to hear you know hear his story on, on where he's come from 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 being you know being on the team to camp to being cut to being put on the practice roster. And then being a starter and just being as dominant as he has, and it's it just it's just been a great thing to see. It it, it really has. It's it, five sacks, what, five sacks. What what a story! I mean, like this defense, as we we've talked about ad nauseum, is this defense has been on point and just getting better. It feels like every single game, and Reggie is a huge huge part of that. I mean, he had a great pass breakup that quite frankly he should have picked that one off but okay it, it happens you know and we'll we'll blame the rain it was a little too slick and he couldn't get hold of the ball okay it happens point is he he yeah. made a great defensive stand but he merely vanilla that and if anybody gets that please email me or dm me yeah and make sure you take some aspirin because your back has got to be killing you <laughs> But Reggie also too had was uh, instrumental in one of the major plays. Uh, after Dustin Crum couldn't get anything going, the Red Blacks decided to go with Nick Arbuckle at quarterback. And during Arbuckle's first series, he rolled out and into the basically the waiting arms of Reggie Stubblefield, who managed to strip the ball loose into the waiting arms of one Tyrese Beverett, who mm-hmm. took it back to the house for a pick six which he is known to do in October, because let's not forget, last year in Edmonton, Tyrese Beverett had himself a, I think it was a 106-yard pick six. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was off, of, re- uh, off, I, off of a deflected ball, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's just something about October and Tyrese Beverett scoring pick sixes. And he just he's just keeping it going, folks. That's that's what he does. But credit to Reggie for the, the, the strip sack and just outstanding play he's making tackles quarterback sacks i mean th- this kid is doing it all he truly is making a name for himself in the canadian football league and already we, i've seen a, a few other people right away it's like you gotta crown him that is your, off- your that is your most outstanding rookie this year reggie yeah. stubblefield and I, I tell you what folks i mean you look at tyler sneed you look at lawal ugalak both of those guys have also put together very formidable campaigns and definitely deserve to be in that discussion but my God, Reggie Stubblefield is doing everything possible to basically cement himself as the Eastern nominee of most outstanding rookie. And how, how do you go against him, quite frankly? It, my God. I mean, just his story alone is worthy of mention. And again, I, I, I too am looking forward to having him on the show to be able to talk about that. But my God, I mean, that alone is impressive. But for him to be able to play at the level that he is in his rookie, his rookie campaign, simply outstanding. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about the young man. He's just definitely shown up, shown out, and really, really made himself a force on this defense. Yeah, the defense itself, with Beverett scoop and score this week, I think it was the third week in a row that they've actually had to have a defensive touchdown. We had DeQuau last week. Uh, we had... Um, Sean Lemon last week. Yeah, Sean Lemon last week. And who? who and we had one versus Calgary, too. I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, well, Mark Antoine also had a... Well, he had the, a... Pick. I don't think it was a pick six though. No, he, it was just a, a regular inception. I don't believe there was. No, I, 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 I think it was three straight weeks that they've had a defensive score. Yeah, 
So, but either way, but still, they're they and and it's complementing well, as I said. They're 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 stepping up at the right time. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird to say. Well, they're not nine and zero versus the rest of the CFL for nothing. But they're they're playing at the right. They're playing at the right level at the right time. So, but also we can't we can't forget about the offense uh, offense itself. Uh, Austin Mack was back. Um, you know, he. he he didn't get that many targets, but then again, considering that the the guys that we have that are surrounding him, uh, you know, it he's he can be like a a distraction for the other defenders. Um, but at him, you talk about him and Cody Fajardo. That's that's one of the stories as of late. How well that these two guys are now connecting. You know, Tyson was on the sixteen for such a long time with with the Hammy, and now. Again, you know, he led the team in yardage. So, I mean, it's you have everybody that's out that's, that's really playing well. Him, Cole Speaker, you know, a guy who made a name for himself last year in camp. You know, um, Austin Mack, again, did well this week. Uh, Walter Fletcher, again, Tyler Sneed, uh, this, this year's standout in camp. So it's, they're just, you know, they are... Everything's again. I, I sound like a broken record, but everything's coming together. And with Cody consistently having a higher, uh, having a high completion rated, uh, rating, you can't complain. Even if he only has a touchdown, he's other people to back him up. Not only on the receiving core, but also uh, you know when it comes to the running, uh, the running game at least for the last couple of games. Yeah. No. Uh, the one thing you, you can definitely say with Cody is high risk, high reward with a lot of his play. Uh, but when he airs it out, I mean, more often than not, I mean, he, he finds his receivers and just blow. He stretches the field. He, he, mm-hmm. he, ma- he makes the defenders work for every single yard. It, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And as you talked about the, the connection with Tyson Philpot couldn't have come at a better time. And even speaking with uh, Tyson after the game, like you, the confidence is just brimming off this guy, like big smile, yeah. so excited. Like he gets hyped just thinking about it. And most people would be like, okay, it was just another day at the office. Not for him. Like he, like it almost feels like he was on a mission. You know what I mean? Like he's just, I, I got to prove myself to this guy. I got to, I got to win his trust. And he has, there's no question about that. Like just with the offensive production we've seen out of both Phil Pot and Fajardo over the past couple of weeks, these two are connecting and truly it could not have come at a better time. I mean, I, I we were worried about that. At, you know, when, uh, when Tyson was on the six game list and it continued on, like, is he going to get a chance to show that he can do like, like or, you know, like he had a, an outstanding rookie campaign to the point where he was the Eastern nominee for most outstanding rookie. And he, how do you follow that up? And I, I knew that was weighing on Tyson's mind just a little bit, but once again, like he was last year, coming alive at the right time, finding that connection with his quarterback. Last year was Trevor Harris. This year it's Cody Fajardo. And these two have just been an absolutely outstanding combination. Yes, Austin Mack, Tyler Sneed, Cole Speaker. Like these guys are the ones that are getting a lot of the reps, a lot of the catches as well. But I, I think the the main target for, for Cody Fajardo has to be, without a shadow of a doubt, Tyson Philpott. Yeah, again, it takes a lot off when it comes to uh, to Austin Mack. And by the way, shout out to Austin Mack for his Jay Rich shout out shirt. <laughs> oh my! Alouette's legend Jamel Richardson is the latest who have been immortalized on one of Austin's T-shirts, and absolute fire. There, there's no question about it. For Austin to show the love 
for the guys. And he even said it too. Like, these are the guys that came before me. Like I'm here because of these guys. Mm-hmm. Like he's shown the love to SJ green, to Jay rich, to Anthony Calvillo, uh, Mark Antoine DeCroix even has gotten a t-shirt. And it's, and he's, he's, he was even asking us like, who, who should I put on next? So I'm, I'm giving him, I'm throwing out names. I'm like, you gotta put, I say, I want to see a, a Brian Bratton shirt. I want to see Kerry Watkins. I mean, you want to go oh, back to those days. Wow, I mean, yeah. You, you talk about the receivers that they walked so Austin Mack can run. That's it. So I, I fully expect, but I, in fact, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Saturday because he's got to have somebody in mind by now. And I can't wait to see who's next. Who's the next Alouette's legend that's going to be immortalized on an Austin Mack t-shirt. Exactly. Cody Vajardo for the game was 28 of 32 for 272 yards, one and one. Uh, the leading rusher for the team uh, was Caleb, uh, excuse me, Caleb Evans, uh, was Walter Fletcher, who was uh, who was started in place of the uh, ill uh uh, uh, William Stanbeck, uh, 14 rushes, 43 yards. That's not what we expect, um, but it was just an overall game between him because Jeshwin Antwi had also had, a, had a, an amazing run of 35 yards. Cody Fajardo, on basically his three attempts, he got 27 yards. They were outright just run plays for Cody Fajardo. No hesitation at all in any way, shape, or form. Caleb Evans also had 14 yards and a touchdown. Um my only concern, by the way, we're curious to see what's going to happen this week, and I know I could be getting more into this into the into the preview of the game coming up, Cliff. But uh, Jeshwin post game had a had a lower body injury, and this is what kind of scares me going into next week. Uh, the Owls do not have a practice until tomorrow. We're taping on a Wednesday. They only have one practice this week before they head off to Edmonton. Hmm. I'm curious to be if you want to know very potentially who's going to play next week. I play this week. Check and see what the, the uh, what the injury report will be uh, once it is reported over at CFL.ca. Because w- does Fletcher get another turn? Uh, it would mean putting two uh, uh, two American running backs behind you know uh, behind center. You know because uh, Jeshwin is he's a ratio breaker. Yes, he's a ratio breaker. So I'm curious to see what's happening. I know again we we talked to him post game. Uh, we're going to leave it at that uh, about his lower body injury. But uh, uh, we're hoping to hear good things, and we're expecting him to play. But uh, we'll see once the uh, injury report and the death chart comes out. But um, from there, Tyson Philpott, we talked about him before. Six targets, six receptions. He led the team with 90 yards and the touchdown. Uh, Cole Speaker, a hard-fought 30. He took some shots. Man, did he ever. Uh, Walter Fletcher, nine targets, nine receptions, Cliff, for 27 yards. So Fletch got into it. Uh, Austin Mack, only 40 yards on three targets, but still. um, Again, he he made his presence known. Tyler Sneed, again, too, stepping out. Really, he's making a name for himself in this league. Seven receptions for 78 yards. Um and uh, Jake Hardy had a catch also for, for seven. So you can't do, again, sp- spreading the ball out. Fajardo, again, uh, has only four incompletions on the game. I think he's averaging about six overall incompletions over the last three per game. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. Uh, again, and, and combination of him and obviously what the defense is doing, and the Owls are currently on that three-game win streak. Yeah, and the offensive line is doing a much, much better job than what they have been in 
compared to earlier this year, as far as giving Fajardo the time and space to do his do his thing properly. Uh, not taking nearly as many sacks. Uh, I, I remember at one point, so someone had projected that the Alouettes were projected to give up close to a hundred sacks of Fajardo, and thankfully that that ship has sailed. That that's definitely not happening. They this offensive line has gotten their act together. Even created a couple of really nice lanes, as you saw with the Antwi run. I mean, mm-hmm. he t- took off thirty five yards later. He is down. He's just, uh, unbelievable. Just a great run. Doing, they're doing a, a much better job creating the lanes. Uh, Fletch was able to get a couple of really nice runs as a result, too. I mean, it's again, things are starting to come together at the best possible time. This is when you want your team to shine. This like winning in July, August, yeah, that's important to a degree. But again, when they talk about this season, the CFL season doesn't really start until after Labor Day. Well, again, we, we saw what happened after Labor Day. The, the Alouettes were on a bit of a losing streak, not looking good, not looking cohesive, but. They've got it figured out. And again, this is the time of year you need to be winning football games. If you mm. want to make a, like, not just making the playoffs, but you want to have that home field advantage for the Eastern semifinal. Simply put, you you got to win. And now the Alouettes have put themselves in a very good position. This coming weekend is going to tell the tale. If the Alouettes go out to Edmonton and beat the Elts, they will secure that home field playoff game. If the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats lose to the BC Lions, then on Montreal Friday. does on Friday. On Friday, yes, yeah. Wait, we we could know the playoff si- situation yeah. by Saturday morning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, cu- but all this, all this to say that yes, the Alouettes are doing the right things at the right time. And believe me, if, if you're not excited about that, folks, if that doesn't get you going, then quite frankly, I have no idea what will. Yeah. Quick, a uh, couple more things before we put this one to bed and, and start looking forward to the uh, uh, to the Edmonton Elks. A uh, couple of things I wanted to ask you about, Cliff. Uh, a, d- a huge difference week to week between James Letcher between last week and this week. Uh, does it concern you at all, or is it just a matter of that the teams have more? Uh, obviously, you're playing the same team back to back, but is it because they the, the lanes just weren't there, or is that the the Red Blacks had had more tape on them? I really think it was just the. It could be a combination of the two. I, personally, from what I saw, like he looked a little hesitant at, at, in a couple of his returns, and as a mm-hmm. result, was lucky to get five yards. For example, like the, he had one really nice return. Now, mind you, also too, Ottawa's uh, punter Richie Leone was basically kicking out of his end zone, so Letcher was able to take the ball at midfield, and I think I think he returned it like thirty-five yards close to. Yeah, like, that, yeah, I, I, I thought he was going. Yeah, I, I truly thought he was going to take that to the house, and I think it, had he not been shoved out of bounds at the very last second that could have very well happened and you know like after what we saw of him in ottawa you couldn't help but be excited but like maybe now it's kind of cooled down a little bit or maybe as you said playing the same team twice in the span of a week they're going to learn a few things like if they didn't know about, about him before they sure as hell know about him now and they may have adjusted accordingly that's one thing with bob dice he is a special teams guy so maybe he'd probably say hey we gotta we gotta get this little guy and make sure he's he stays in his place so yeah could very well be that and we'll, we'll see what happens when uh Ed, when they go to edmonton and see how well prepared they are for james letcher because he's got some potential uh you know we we miss chandler worthy we definitely wish he was he was the guy returning those kicks and making another house call but this is the opportunity now for Letcher. Like this is his chance to show that he belongs here as well. He, he that he also can be a threat. 
and be a part of that discussion along with Worthy as far as uh, returns go for the Alouettes. Yeah. Also, we don't know what the status is as of yet when it comes to David Cote this coming week. So obviously with Jose Maltos and how he he played an okay game. He was two for four. But I, I, I after seeing the actual uh, highlights itself, I know on his first field goal, he just missed it. Just missed it to the left. Same thing a- with the other one. It just, just oh, yeah, just slight, either one of the two that he missed, they were just slightly missed. Uh, does it concern you knowing that we don't know the current situation from David Cote? Now, mind you, we seem to, that David Cote seemed to have the yips before him going on the one-game injury list with a thigh injury. But um, it, does it concern you either way, depending on which guy is going to be kicking for us this week? Well, and one can't help but now wonder if that injury to Cote was the reason why he was having those yips. Like, could that have been something that was kind of you know bubbling under the surface and just now has come to light? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. The only person who truly answer that would be David Cote. Uh, with Jose Maltos, though, I mean, we saw him in preseason. Like, the guy can kick a football. There's no question about that. He had a, a walk-off winner in Ottawa for the preseason game. So, what was he just inspired of playing his former team? You know, even though it was a preseason game, who knows? But yeah, at least I, we can say every time he kicked the ball, points were scored. It's just that ideally you'd prefer actual field goals versus rouges, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he he still scored points. So I guess give him credit for that. I mean, yeah, hopefully he can tighten things up a little bit uh, if he is going to be the kicker going forward, uh, at least until Kote gets back. But uh, we'll we'll chalk it up to I don't want to say opening day jitters because as I said, he he did play the very first game this season in Ottawa in the preseason, so he has seen the field technically for the Alouettes. But in an official capacity, this would have been his first game. And could it be nerves? Could it be what? Who knows? Maybe the weather truly did affect him maybe just a little bit. It's hard to say. But still, he did make a couple of field goals. He kicked off, His kickoffs were nice. I mean, there was, you know, there was definitely something there. So hopefully David Cote gets gets right, gets, gets himself back on track uh, health-wise. And until then... It's this is Jose Malto's job to lose. Yeah, uh, we did find out earlier last week uh, that I'm something that Cliff and I knew anyways was coming. Uh, that Can Julian Grant is going to be out for the rest of the season, uh, even though they've only listed him on the one game injured list. Um, I'm still trying to find out if, if there is a limit to that you can put on the on the on the injured list. I don't think there is. But I mean, considering the Owls have had so many people on there this year, um, just get better, KGG. Uh, we know we had a, it was an operation on the shoulder. We hope you get better, dude, and you come back in, in 2024 stronger and better. Um, by the way, too, speaking of the injured list, Cliff, uh, one one thing, if I were have to have one wish for the rest of this regular season uh, and into the playoffs is I'd love to see an appearance by Reggie White Jr. I want to see him back on the field at least once. I really do. Yeah, no, it, it... I sincerely hope he can find his way back on. And even if he makes his debut during uh, the, the Eastern semifinal, regardless of where it's played, if just knowing that Reggie would be back in the lineup would be a tremendous boost. That's not to say that the other guys aren't playing outstanding football. Like th- this receiving core truly has been something to see this year. And I still laugh. I still think about how everybody in the preseason was talking about, oh, no Jake Winicky, no Eugene Lewis. The Alouettes are going to be trash when it comes to receivers. And look what they've done. Despite the injuries to Reggie White, despite Greg Ellingson 
essentially seeing one game this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at what Austin Mack, Tyler Sneed, Tyson Philpott, uh, Cole Speaker, uh, Herjie Mallow when he was here. I mean, like, guys step up when the time comes. And this, I, I, how excited must Cody Fajardo be every single game day, knowing he's got all these studs to throw the ball to? And now you're going to say, like, maybe hopefully later on this year, Reggie White can join that party. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That would be tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. So we're, we're hoping for it. Every time we talk to him, you know, he's in great spirits. Uh, and he says, I'm, I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. And we're almost ready for Reggie to come back, too, because, you know, it's, it's just going to make what, what I feel is a very good receiving core just that much better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're talking about Gina before the Alouettes head to Edmonton to face, uh, the Elks on Saturday at, uh, kickoff is at, uh, 4 PM Eastern, 2 PM local. Uh, they'll be facing Gina Lewis for the very first time since, uh, Gina was signed by the Elks as a free agent. Uh, the Owls go in as a two point favorite to me. That was a surprise, but anyways, uh, it was lower yesterday when we were talking on the other podcast, but at least it's gone <laughs> up. Um, uh, the Owls are four and six uh, in the last 10 in Edmonton, but have won the last two at Commonwealth. Uh, it is going to be a very interesting matchup, obviously. It could be a very, you know what? It could easily be a, it makes me wonder how much the rosters might change based on the outcome on Friday night. If Hamilton does lose, and it, it does give the Alouettes the the um, uh, the the home playoff game, it makes me wonder how much the, the uh, that the rosters might change from day to day. I guess we'll see, but I would imagine that they want to keep keep their momentum going because you know usually the team that has the be- the most momentum going into the playoffs that's the team that can go quite far, obviously. So, um, and on top of that. Uh, we're hoping uh, that they show out that they show out for us, considering that we will be in the stands at Commonwealth. So we make sure that you guys uh, stay tuned, obviously, for uh, for Flight Deck Live for uh, on the field at uh, at Commonwealth post game. Absolutely, definitely excited to make the trip out to Edmonton. Uh, definitely excited to see our guy Gino. Uh, even though he's wearing the different colors, uh, he, he's still our guy. So we you know we're always going to show love for our man Eugene, but uh, yeah, I, I, I look at this game and yeah, maybe things will be decided playoff wise by the time the Alouettes take the field on Saturday. Maybe not. I still expect this team to give a full effort though, because mm-hmm. you know, Edmonton, oh, yeah. even though Edmonton has been eliminated from the playoffs, it's crazy to think that as early as two weeks ago, they were still in the playoff hunt. That, that to me is astounding, but as as the case is, unfortunately, Edmonton now has a chance to play spoiler potentially for the Alouettes. So I, I think Montreal is going to go into this game still with that mindset of you got to win. You got to win. I mean, Darnell Sankey did promise that the Alouettes were going to win their last five regular season <laughs> games and then win the Great Cup. So, you know, he's going to be ready. You know, he's got he's put a little pressure on himself by coming up with a statement like that. And listen. He's three and zero so far since making that statement. So I mean, he he's living up to his word as far as I as far as you can see. Uh, but I think Montreal is going to go into this game at with, with, regardless of how Friday night turns out between BC and Hamilton. I think Montreal is going to come into this game ready to work, ready to show out, ready to remind everybody in case they started forgetting. Even though it's a short week, remind them once again: 
just what this Alouettes team is capable of. Yeah, and obviously for the very first time, they're going to go up against uh, the cheat code quarterback and Trey Ford. That's going to be an interesting matchup itself between him uh, and the defensive line for sure. Yeah, uh, like I said, we, we, th- there's some true studs on this Alouettes defensive line. And, you know, I, I think they would have they'd been a lot more happier if they were playing Taylor Cornelius, who was <laughs> just struggling earlier this year for the Elks. And no, now you're going to have to face the the young hotshot Canadian quarterback in Trey Ford. And the dude's magic. I mean, he, he he's like a, a little Patrick Mahomes out there with some of the moves that he's able to pull off. And you know what? I think this defensive line, though, is going to be ready to go. Like I said, Sean Lemon, Lowell Ugalak, even Mondo Sewell, former Edmonton superstar. I, I think he'll be amped to go back to his old stomping grounds and remind oh, everybody. Homecoming for Ugalak also. That's true. He's also an Alberta boy. So, uh, I, again, they'll be excited to be Fletcher. out there. Fletcher, too, if he plays. Yep. Yep. Uh, we, we even talked about that with him uh, post game. And just like Gino has had this date circled on his calendar for obvious reasons, so is Fletch. You know, like if and if he gets the opportunity to play, and I, based on what we, he did uh, this past Monday against Ottawa, you'd be hard pressed to keep him out of the lineup, quite frankly. I, I think he'll. He'll get a chance to go and remind Edmonton what he was, what he's capable of. So, they're, they're, I will say it will be a revenge-minded game. I don't think it's going to have that kind of tone to it, but I think just a simple reminder to like these teams, like look what you gave up and look what you let walk out the door. And or or in Ugalak's case, yeah, I you know I I used to come to games here. I used, I, I know what I know what it's all about being here in Edmonton. I'm doing it for the Alouette. So, I mean, he's he's going to want to put on a show as well. I'm sure he's going to have friends and family come to the game as well. And he'll he'll put on a show for them as well. I I, I got a feeling that uh, Lawal is going to have himself a, a pretty solid game too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I seen a, one of the po- post-game um, uh, talks from uh, interviews with him. I think he said he's expecting in the, the potentially in the 30s. <laughs> I think that's what I heard. I think it was him that I heard about that. So it's, but but either way, it's it's gonna be a, it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun seeing our guys out uh, out in uh, uh, out in Edmonton for the very first time. Some for the very first time, and, and us catching up with others too. So uh, this matchup's gonna be fun, and uh, looks to be so far. We won't we won't got to worry about rain, Cliff. We may just have to bring a jacket. Um, but hey, it won't be because of rain. No, looking to be uh, bright and sunny out in Edmonton this this weekend. So very excited about that. Uh, as you said, looking forward to tailgating with the uh, the the Turf District crew and all the great uh, Elks fans out there as well. Looking forward to meeting them. Uh, we 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 start on the I don't want to say star necessarily, but I feel we're stars on the and on the chat for the Turf District podcast. And you know we always come and we we love chiming in with those guys and. Got to, got to meet quite a few really wonderful people online, and I'm really excited now to be able to meet them face to face and say, "Oh yeah, you're so and so," and yeah, you're Cliffy D, you're Tim Capper. Holy shit! Oops, my language. <laughs> 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 See how excited I am, folks, to meet you in Edmonton. <laughs> they do my say God. that. They do say that. I, I've heard them. So Cliff isn't lying. So. Um, yeah, so it, it's going to be fun. 
nonetheless i mean it's uh but just as a reminder too uh the uh, we're going to be we are as we mentioned i think earlier this week uh or last year that we are going to be getting on somebody from the alouettes to talk about um the uh the, the 2024 season ticket campaign uh that has been uh currently tentatively pushed to next week's episode so stay tuned but stay tuned to all of our socials for that also keep in mind too that with the uh, the alouettes they have uh started their 2024 season ticket campaign so if you are a current member uh go ahead and make sure you, you check out all the offers and if you're not check out the offers to see if you want to become one um and there was one other thing i was trying to mention and i just totally forgot about what it was but you know it it, it is what <laughs> It, oh yes and oh. season ticket holders uh the alouettes also sent out a thing this week uh if you want you're getting a a um uh an early uh cheat code so to speak to get some tickets for the eastern semifinal if it is being hosted in montreal so you should have received your emails already for that so take advantage of, of that offer if you do choose to do so um so it, it's we're coming into the last half. Uh, the Owls will have a bye week after the Edmonton game, um, but I, again, it, it's still going to be. Um, I'm I'm still looking forward to the next couple of weeks, dude. Because uh, as soon as the regular season's over, obviously we get into the playoffs, so it should be fun. Yeah, and again, this this Alouettes team. One thing to talk about, and even going back to last Saturday at the season ticket holder event. I mean, they're saying all the right things when it comes to oh yeah, you know. We, you know, we're, we're working hard. We're going to, you know, we want to bring home the great cup. We want to celebrate with you, you, you great fans. And it doesn't feel like lip service. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like you believe that this team is built to win. You, you believe that they're built to compete. And to, to hear Cody Fajardo talk about like how important it is for him, like how, how much he has fallen in love with the city of Montreal and how they've embraced him as their quarterback it's it's tremendous and you see the work that these guys are putting in i mean we saw it during practice we saw it this past monday against ottawa we'll see it this coming saturday versus edmonton this is a team that is built to win this team is built to compete and be a force in the canadian football league and mm -hmm. to be able to see all this coming coming at the best possible time is is rewarding in and of itself but you, you got to keep it going. That's truly that's what this is now for Mo Montreal is they've got to keep things going. You cannot rest on your laurels. You cannot just coast by and hope that things fall in your fall your way. It doesn't work like that. You got to put in the work. And that's what these guys are doing. And it, it's re it's refreshing to see is there's been times where you see like teams just kind of go through the motions because, you know, they don't have the best record. They're not, they're not going to make the playoffs. So screw it. We're just going to, you know, collect a paycheck and you know call it a day it you don't get that here like here they, they even describe themselves as a blue collar team like a like a lunch pail hard hat kind of team and i i see some of that i i don't i, I can't say that 100 and I'm, I'm not trying to disparage them in any way it's just they are a hard-working team there's absolutely no question about that i think they got the tools to succeed i think they realize that they've got what it takes to be potentially a gray cup winner but you got to go out and do the work. You you got to mm -hmm. go out and show every week. You got to prove every single week that you are who you say you are. And right now, things are looking good in Montreal. Things are looking good with the Salouettes organization from top to bottom. There's a lot to be excited about, folks. And if you're not on the bandwagon already, I highly suggest you get your act together, jump on board because this team 
is going to do something very special. I can, you feel it in the air. It's palpable. You you feel it amongst the season ticket holders. You talking with administration, talking with the players, talking with everybody that's associated with this organization. You just get nothing but good feelings, a good vibe, and that's something that's been that had been missing for quite some time here. And to be able to have that back in a consistent way, there's there's really nothing like it. There there really truly is nothing like winning football. And the way this team is built, you you, you can't help but feel like. This is, it's going to be like this for years to come. And I know the Canadian Football League, it's very cyclical in nature. I mean, one week you're top dog, next minute you're in the basement. That's just how it is. But right now, Montreal is riding a great momentum wave. And folks, if you're not a part of it, there's still time. You can get on board. It's it's going to be great. I, I promise you. You know, this team is doing everything they can to take, take us to the promised land. And it's just a simple matter of do you want to be on board or not? So... If you're not on board already, folks, now is a very, very good time to jump on. Make sure that you are following us on all of our socials so you'll be able to see when we schedule uh, our next Flight Deck Live. Also, if you are following us on uh, YouTube, make sure you hit the, the bell icon for notifications for when we do go live. Um, but, uh, we, uh, again, uh, we're glad you guys have joined us this week. Uh, hope you guys all had a great uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, uh, we look forward to coming to you guys from Edmonton and, or if we only, uh, or if you're only listening to us next week on, on the next podcast, we'll, uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be here to talk about the Alouettes win, loser, draw. So, uh, Cliff, I will see you in the, uh, friendly skies. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off to the Great White North. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the Great White North. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.